Okay, I'm getting right into it. Here's my one-word review of The Northman. Okay, if you've seen this film, you should find that a little funny. If you haven't, get ready for a movie with lots of man-to-animal comparisons, six-pack abs, and lots and lots of yelling. I've been wanting to see The Northman for some time. When I got the nerve to finally watch Robert Eggers' The Witch, I was impressed by his style and originality. But it also instilled a new fear in me, caprophobia. If you don't know what that is, that's the fear of goats. Despite this, I rushed out to see a sophomore effort in the theaters, The Lighthouse, because I knew I was in for a weird treat, especially with his use of black and white cinematography and the promise of insanity brought on by the solitude of being a lighthouse keeper. The Lighthouse was one of my favorite films from 2019 and also instilled a new fear in me, hotatsophobia. I didn't make that up. I promise. It is indeed the word for the fear of lighthouses. Eggers showed himself to be a new auteur in the film industry with these two films, and when it was announced how ambitious The Northman was going to be, I absolutely couldn't wait, even if it meant instilling a new fear in me. What new phobia exists in my life? Keep listening to find out as we talk about the action-filled 2022 epic, The Northman. Welcome to the Movies Are Life podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler. Today, I'm bringing in my friend, Michael Sturdy, to discuss all things Robert Eggers and The Northmen. As I mentioned, I was really anticipating this film, and I really wanted to talk to somebody about it. But as indicated by its low box office receipts, I didn't know who had seen it or who to reach out to. Lo and behold, I was scrolling through social media, and Michael posted this on his account. Quote, Just saw The Northman, and I'm ready to put Robert Eggers in my top five filmmakers. I know he's only made three movies, but they sure are a fantastic three movies. It's not just that he makes period pieces. He has zero interest in giving modern sensibility to characters from pre-modern societies. Absolutely loved it. Boom. There you have it. I had to have him on. The Northman has an all-star cast. Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke. Anya Taylor-Joy, Willem Dafoe, and even Bjork. After being cast out of his land by his seemingly evil uncle, a young Viking prince played by Skarsgård embarks on a quest to seek revenge. My expectations for this film were probably set too high. The Northman is visually amazing to look at, but I found the story to be more straightforward than his other films. Eggers has always had the knack of adding mystery to his stories, and with his first two films, he was always two steps ahead of the audience. Not this time. I think the grand scope of this story made him lose a bit of his edge, but I'm always open to be proven wrong. So let's bring in Michael to get his take. Oh yeah, what's the new fear? Acmophobia. I believe that's how you pronounce it? It's an intense and unreasonable fear of sharp objects. Just so you know, there is a lot of dismemberment in this film. Here's your warning. We're about to talk about The Northman and Edgar's other films as if you've seen them. So if you want to avoid major spoilers, I've given you a heads up. Well, thanks for coming on. I I was so excited because I wanted to talk about this movie because um, I didn't see The Witch exactly when it came out. But um, I was a little late to it because with creepy films, I'm always a little hesitant. But uh, (laughs) I watched it and I immediately was blown away by the creativity behind it, uh, the uniqueness behind it. And 
so when the lighthouse was announced, I was yeah. there in the theater. Cause I was like, I have to experience, I just knew I was in for a treat. So I was a big fan. So I wanted to talk about this movie, but uh, with a lot of his movies, I was kind of like, I, I don't know who has seen right, uh, the, right. the movies he's made. And I saw your post and it, it was just like perfect timing. I wanted to talk about this movie. Then I saw your post. So I was so glad that you came on. So, uh, and actually in the intro, I, 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 verbatim said uh what you wrote but just yeah but just why why do you like robert eggers uh why have you liked his films and then why what made you like this film so much yeah so i'm like you like i watch it and then all i want to do is like have someone else that also knows about this and for me it's uh my kid's godfather he and i have gone to all three of robert eggers movies and it, I don't know anyone else that watches them personally. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it is. I think it's because the first one was kind of like horror adjacent. At least I feel like that's how it was marketed. Right. And that turns off you know huge swaths of people. Uh, but there's just there's something about the way I think the way I put it is that he doesn't he doesn't care about modern sensibilities when he's making a period piece. And I mean you say period piece, but it's almost like it's it's something else because mm-hmm. you watch most period pieces and i feel like they they're coming in with one of two lenses one is a completely modern or postmodern viewpoint so something like gladiator is a period piece but like it's made for modern audiences right like yeah. the the morals the ethics are completely modern western society right right or you have something that is like has a Victorian view of the past where if it's in the past, then it must be very straight laced. Like think like this is how period comedies work. Like the little hours makes all of its jokes based on the idea that obviously people in the middle ages would not be body. Right. Like that's the joke. And those are all fine, but that's the only way that period pieces are ever done. And Robert Eggers, basically his starting point is what's it like to live in whatever society this movie takes place in? Like, what are their viewpoints? Can I make something that is recognizable to them and kind of puts you into their place? So like, it's, it's almost the kind of stuff that modern horror movies do and no other genre does of like, what if the goat really is the devil, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. what, if they, be, if they believed that, then let's make a movie that would make you think that that's the case. Or right. like <laughs> if two dudes would lose their minds in a lighthouse, is it more interesting to show them lose their minds because we know that they're just lonely? Or is it more interesting to like give in to the madness because they believe it to be true? Does that make any sense? Oh yeah, no, for sure. And that, that's a great way of wrapping. Yeah. Wrapping that into it is like, uh, like the lighthouse, it, it explores, you know, these myths that just surround the sea and, 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 and their world. Um, I mean, why, why wouldn't they buy into those when you spend so much life on a boat, like, yeah, you 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 might buy into those things, those uh, those tall tales, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And there's yeah. no, you know, there's none of that when a period piece is like shows you something that's obviously 
going to take off and go, that'll never work. Like the, like they meet the Wright brothers and go, that's never going to catch on. Like I hate stuff <laughs> like that in movies. It's, it's so awful. And there's, you're never going to find that kind of thing in a Robert Eggers movie. <laughs> right. Right. Well, with the Northman, uh, you know, he's going to do his due diligence to make it, to make everything that you see, uh, feel as accurate as possible to that time. So I always appreciate that. Um, I wanted you to talk a little bit why you love this movie so much. I, I was rereading my written review of what, and it sounds like I was negative towards this. I think it's definitely a movie that's entertaining. Um, I purposely avoid other reviews, uh, uh, especially I'll read them all after that we have this talk. Um, I, I think people have been actually a little higher on it than I was. I mean, I sure. enjoyed, I enjoyed the experience. I think for me, I felt like the Northman was a little bit more straightforward than his other films yeah. in the sense of like, I was not really surprised by the ending of it all. Right. Uh, where in his other two films, you don't ever really quite know where you're go- going or how you're going to end up there. And that's what I really liked about the first two. Um, you know, this one a little bit was, I, I was actually even for a, you know, it kept getting billed as the Viking film. I, I kind of right. thought we were, we were going to see more of the Viking life. Uh, and it's really not that it's really this just one guy. And that kind of surprised, yeah. that surprised me a little bit too. Um, but yeah. Uh, how, why did you respond to it uh, so positively? Uh, for, for a couple of reasons. So like, you know, I, I have a degree in history, so I'm always, I'm always desperate for these movies to be, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what the word is. It's not even authenticity. It's just like, even remotely close is kind of what I'm looking <laughs> right, for yeah, half the time, yeah. right? Um, and also, I I come from a Swedish family, and so our thing was always like it's Vikings. I mean, I'm turning into like the the people in my big fat Greek wedding where just anytime like an actor is Swedish, I have to point it out to my family. Like that's who I'm turning <laughs> into at this point. <laughs> and so, like, I have read like Norse mythology that a lot of this, like a lot of the metaphysical stuff in the movie is based on like, you know, at the very end when a Valkyrie shows up to take Amleth to Valhalla, like it did not surprise me at all. I fully expected that to be something to happen because that's what happens in Norse epics. And I really, part of it is I love, I love, there were so many little historical things that ring completely true. So like the first, the first part I loved, they show up at, um, what's the, well, what's the King's name? Uh, Arvindil King uh-huh. Arvindil's like kingdom. And yeah. it's this crappy little Hamlet built into a hill, right? Like right. it looks terrible. And <laughs> your first thought is, Oh, like to be, uh, in the middle class in the 20th and 21st century is better than being a king in almost any other time period in history, right. which is kind of true, right? Like <laughs> when you think of a king, we think of like 18th century France, 16th century England, like right, people who right. run a country. And yeah. we're talking, you know, 500 years before that, when a king is like the strongest dude in a three mile radius at best. And right. Yeah. Little things like that. I just, I love yeah. Um, there are lots of, there are lots of kind of small points of historical accuracy that I just appreciate. Like there's one scene when they, I think it's when they're in, uh, when they're invading the Rus village 
and you know they're doing their berserker rage and stuff and at one point a viking female warrior just rides by on a horse yelling at people and beating right and like that's to us seems odd but like we have all kinds of records from like people who were sacked by vikings going and they had lady warriors can you believe this and like that's just that's just a thing that the vikings did like yeah. just little touch and it's not it, it never focuses on it it's not like whoa look at this it's just a part of life because it was right yeah eggers also has a fascination uh you just see a through line through all his films but definitely the similarities between man and animal I, I feel yeah. especially this one. I mean, there's literally literal scenes of these men barking and howling at each other <laughs> and going back to, you know, but, you know, also there's, you know, uh, a lot of symbolism with the birds and he's really fascinated with this concept that um, I, I think so often that, you know, men, we see that we rule this world and especially in today's times, uh, with weather and I think more so more often we're reminded sure. that no, like we're not really control of this land. It's really, uh, you know, mother, mother nature that it really has it's the final say, so to speak. And so he really d- dives into that world. And then just the concept of uh, legacy, which you were, mm-hmm. uh, you made a good point as far as like, you know, what our mind of what Kings are and stuff, but, I think for this movie in this time period, you know, he's really hitting on the themes of like what really meant a lot to these people were lineage and family yeah. trees. And that that's, it wasn't so much that the, the wealth that they had, but more so of how they're honoring their ancestors and how they're setting up uh, family, you know, going forward in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And you could totally see, like why, like, obviously this is, they keep calling him Amleth. That's his name. And you can, I, I swear at one point, Nicole Kimlin just, Nicole Kimlin just says Hamlet. <laughs> like I'm pretty yeah. sure. And yeah. you know, you, you, this is the story Hamlet's based on. And you can feel this, like you can understand why this story struck Shakespeare. Like it's this family, you know, he's coming into an England of like warring families and stuff. And like this, these kind of epics were huge on Tolkien. Like Tolkien loves the Norse stories and is jealous that England doesn't have tales like this. Like that's why he writes Lord of the Rings. And he just, it feels, it feels both ancient and completely timeless in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I laughed and I, I give a spoiler alert before that, you know, that we're talking pretty openly about these films. I really did like the turn, uh, of Nicole Kidman's character. Yeah. I, I'm always a little up and down with Nicole Kidman. Uh, sure. The, I actually really liked her in this movie and part of her the reason accent's way better in this than in whatever that <laughs> HBO show was. And then also, <laughs> I mean, I know this, uh, she looks her age in this, which yeah. I, I was like, Oh, that's all like you, you buy into that, you know, she's the mom here, but that, that turn did actually surprise me a little bit. And then, but then in the moment I also was like, Oh, I, I I've been watching a Shakespearean tale here and it just, I, and I was like, it it seems obvious once it kind of hits you, but I think there's so much, you know, (laughs) so much to look at as far as just, I mean, just the scenery, but also the uh, blood and murder and everything like that. But like in, in it, I was like, Oh, okay. This is what's happening. And maybe that's where, uh, maybe if I, kind of realized that a little bit earlier. Maybe I've been maybe a little bit more into the film because, sure. 
especially lining up with Shakespeare, uh, the ending is like, it doesn't come to much of a surprise of like what happens yeah. there, you know, but, um, anyway. and it's, it's such an interesting, like when you're doing a movie like this, it, I'm always interested. How do you take something that is like, this is, this is the basis for a story that's been told in a, our society for centuries at this point. Right? right. And how do you do that and not make the source material feel derivative of itself? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he does a good job. I, you know, you mentioned that the turn, Nicole Kidman's turn. And I, one of the things that really struck me is the way that women gain power in this movie that feels true to their culture. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's not a pump your fist girl power kind of thing, but it's like right. Nicole Kidman lives in the society that she does. And she's using the abilities that she has at hand to gain like safety for herself and for her children. Yeah. Or like there's the, the there's the scene um, with Olga, Anya Taylor-Joy's character, where she makes some pun about blood and then it, she's on her period. Like yeah. this kind of, deep in the dirt and the muck and the mire and she's using everything about being a woman to her advantage in Mm -hmm. a way that I don't think you see very often in pieces like this, which is just Uh really interesting of like, yes, female empowerment, but also it's, it does take place in a specific era and how would that, what would that look like in that time? Which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I went, what were some other things you like? Uh, I, I did want to hit on Alexander Skarsgård. I thought he was the perfect fit, uh, for, for this role. I mean, so good. He, uh, I, it's, it's, it's kind of surprising. I've, I've seen him in a lot of little things like here and there, and he, he right. knocks it out of the park every time. I don't know if he's a man I would want to actually encounter on like in real life just because he <laughs> he seems like a strange <laughs> kind of a strange nut a little bit yeah, but too intense too yeah, intense yeah too intense but he he is really good uh, do you happen to watch atlanta at all no i haven't it's on uh, my ever growing okay. list okay um anyway he this last season uh he, he he's a guest like guest star in one of them like and i it's like a little surprising. I hadn't heard that he was like on the episode or whatever like that. And I won't give anything away to the, what he does in that. But I mean, I'm like, man, this guy, he just like, he is up for like anything and his, yeah. com- his commitment. And, uh, anyway, I, I really hope that, you know, not a lot of people went and saw this movie. Uh, I hope that doesn't take away from like any kind of leading status he has, yeah. because I think he, I, I mean, I think I could see him being nominated for something in the future. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought, I thought he was great. And I thought he gives, he gives such a great feeling of um, kind of unadulterated vengeance, kind of just driving a person forward. Yeah. In a way that I, there was, I think, in maybe Vox's review of the movie, they talk a lot about how it's an interesting vengeance story because there is no turn where he goes, oh, this isn't going to work. Like, <laughs> I could I could be happy with my family. That never happens in this story. It's, yeah. he, is, he is trapped by his vengeance in a way that is obvious to all of us. Mm-hmm. And yet he can't. He's never going to break himself out of it in a way that it is tragic in a Shakespearean way, but also he's somehow victorious in his tragedy. 
which yeah. is just such an just such an interesting take on the vengeance story. Yeah. Uh, th- this may not work, so I'll cut this out of the podcast, but <laughs> something that just hit me when you said that, um, it kind of makes sense that he's in this like world of vengeance because back, in, back in those times, I mean, there's only certain things that you could concern yourself with or consume yeah. yourself with versus like in today's modern society, we have, you know, phones, watches, you know, all the, all the cliches and stuff. And for some reason, I just made a mental comparison to like a reality show, like the bachelor, because like <laughs> on that show, people, people are always are like, Wait, how do, do you, you like, the, do you like the bachelor? I don't think I knew that about you. <laughs> well, I, so I, I, I watch it. I watch it with my wife and have commentary. I, I can never, uh, I can never stand up for it as far as like the merit of what it brings to our society. But the big thing people are always like, how do people fall in love with someone yeah. that fast and that hard? Well, you know, I do like, I kind of understand the sense that everything is stripped away from them. They don't have, you know, they don't watch television. They don't have their phones. All that's all they have to do is think about that person they're going after. Yeah. And almost like similarly, you know, I hope you're following me here. Yeah. I can, I can understand it, his mental ass. That's all he knows. And that's all he's around, you know? And so you understand why he, that's all. And that's why like the moment with uh, his mom hits so hard. Cause that's for the first time that he's actually forced to see something from a different perspective. And yeah, uh, he's it, living so much in his own head and the narrative he's crafted over the years while he's killing people, doing physical labor, working on boats. Like all he's doing all day is just living inside his own brain, just living these moments over and over and over again. Yeah. And to be presented with the, that's not how it happened. Right. Narrative just completely shakes him. Yeah. Uh, is there any, is there anything that you didn't like about the movie? <laughs> um, let me think here. I've got so one is I could not as much as I was completely inhabiting this world. Every time Amleth is hiding amongst people is hilarious to me. Because yeah. he's gigantic. Like he's this <laughs> Viking berserker warrior with these gigantic broad shoulders. And he puts on a Jedi cloak and is like, I'm a peasant just like you guys. And he's a head taller than everyone around him. And I laughed every single time. Like, yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> like yeah. maybe if I hunch, I don't look like I kill people for a living. I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, the The other one is as much as, like the, the the final sword fight at the mountain in the yeah. volcano, which is a real volcano in Iceland. It's the basis for uh, hell. Like they called it the gates of hell in Iceland. Mm-hmm. It, it's a real place. And like yeah. duels in this era are a real thing. And at the same time, I'm just going, do we need a backlit volcano sword fight like yeah we're not yeah. is this mustafar what are we doing here yeah like, is it... <laughs> yeah yeah that, i get it but also it's uh, yeah. it's so over the top yeah that's that's kind of the the moments that i uh it, it just didn't quite feel like uh robert eggers film uh to me i yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if that was uh possible you know possibly one note he maybe had a uh, yeah, you know, take as far as that. Yeah, that was the first time I also kind of thought of like 300 that, uh, movie yeah. like that. That you're you just, know, 
it's the way it's shot it's the way it's lit it's the location it yeah. just kind of feels like it's from a different movie yeah yeah then um well uh so there's always a part of the podcast it's a segment i call moving musings and i'm gonna throw out a couple of questions to you okay okay movie musings how often did you bark alongside your dad <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny that you ask. I mean, not very often, but my dad was every time we um we would go on like hikes. We for 5 years my dad was stationed at the Pentagon. And you think of DC as like an urban area, but there's parks and trails on the East Coast every 2 miles. I mean, they're all over the place. So we went hiking all the time when I was a kid. And if you you have kids, so you know, like when you go on a walk, they get tired. Mm-hmm. And they tell you they have to go to the bathroom because right. telling you they have to go to the bathroom is the quickest way to get them out of whatever they're right, doing. Right, right, exactly. Like it's the it's the end all be all of it. Kid excuses. Yeah. And my dad would always say, "Son, we're Vikings, and Vikings know where to pee in the woods." <laughs> and so he would just go, "Use your Viking sense. Like, what's the best place to pee out to, outside right now?" Like, <laughs> ingrained in me was this idea of like. We don't need toilets. We're Vikings, so we weren't barking, but we were we were slightly barbarous. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's great. Uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit, like uh, we. Uh, I, I don't know if he enjoyed it, but I, I think there was a back and forth uh, between uh, my dad and I that we uh, like to scare each other. And I still oh, vividly sure. remember I, I was probably six, and me and my buddy were in the hall, hallway bathroom going to jump out and scare my dad because we heard him coming in now of, co- of course we probably thought we were <clears throat> we were being quiet but you know i'm sure he heard a snickering of course and he rounded the corner into that bathroom on all fours barking like a wild dog and scared us to death <laughs> and so uh that that, that scene between Skarsgård, oh i guess it was the young Skarsgård, um yeah and, and ethan hawk it just for some reason that uh triggered, triggered that moment and how good is willem dafoe i mean he's just oh, yeah yeah the most willem dafoe role of all time <laughs> no yeah no and i i like him too because he um definitely uh considered a smaller role or whatever but yeah. he, he can just come in and it seems like he knows what he's there for and he just yeah, just yeah. throws himself yeah. into it i love I, it i always can see them handing him a script because uh, he's got to do some crazy things <laughs> here and i can see him not even thinking about just being like oh okay yeah i can do that you got it i'm like a court jester <laughs> slash witch you got it great perfect <laughs> I, and i can see them getting in one take and him just going you good? Is that good? And they're like, yeah, more than we ever Can expected. I go to crafting now? What are we doing? <laughs> oh, um, okay. So what do you think is Robert Eggers deal with uh, flatulence and uh, passing gas? <laughs> uh, it's been a while with the witch. I, I don't know if there's, it's definitely plays a big part of the lighthouse uh, in some yeah. scenes, but when that happened early on, I was, <laughs> I was like, what's the deal with this? Is that a Viking thing? I think, I mean, it, if my family is into any indication, then yes, yes, in fact, it is a Viking thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I There is something to, I, I was thinking about this recently, watching some movies, unless you're watching like Mumblecore, nobody ever stumbles over their words or says the wrong thing in movies. And obviously it's because you're trying to tell a story. Like I get that. Right. But there is something to 
the the filthy, dirty, gross parts of life that are part of every single human's everyday existence. Yeah. Showing up in a movie where they never do. And it just kind of, I don't know, it puts you back on your heels. I kind of love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it was always that kind of joke that was hovering around the old TV show 24 uh, with uh, yeah. Keith or Sutherland. And the whole joke was always like, when is this guy like, go use the yeah. bathroom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just while, uh, while the numbers are beeping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so, and since you're the historian, I'm really going to yeah. rely on you to pronounce this word, <laughs> but what, what would your strategy be in the game of a knack liquor? Not, so, not liquor. Not liquor. Okay. It's a um, gross sounding word. <laughs> so that that's a scene that stands out, I think. Um, yeah. For sure. I mean, that was like a moment, like I'm definitely like, oh my gosh, how is this going to play out? Uh, what would your strategy be? <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, you're, you're, you're taller, right? I am. I'm like 6'3". I, okay, I, I'm, so- a, I'm, a gl- I'm a glass cannon now. So I'm, <laughs> I, I, bruise like, I bruise like a peach. I would be terrible at this game okay well I, I think, so you would you would be the guy we would like send out to you know you have a longer reach to mm-hmm. catch the ball in the air so yeah, you yeah. might be the guy that flanks out that we you know go for the long pass so he, so here's who i am if the other team has never seen me you trot me out as the big scary guy because they don't know any better uh-huh. so i walk out there <laughs> and i kind of scare everyone off and then my strategy is just to kind of hover around the outer edges of this game as people just like bludgeon each other. And like, sometimes I'm going to catch the ball and I'm going to throw it at that big pole, but I, I am not getting in the scrum. That's not yeah, it. Right? Yeah. You're not going to do me like they did Gunner. You're not yeah, going to. Yeah. That's, that's why. All right. And the last question I have for you, um, and you kind of alluded to it earlier of like how focused he is on his, um, revenge and so uh i thought the scenes where he starts exacting his revenge so to speak uh i thought those were really effective as well you know you're kind of like what's going to happen yeah. next and i just had this funny thought of like man he's he's quite the prankster isn't he so uh <laughs> like uh are are you someone who enjoys pranks so i like the sometimes i like the idea of pranks i do not want them to be done to me right uh the the worst i ever got was uh one year on April Fool's, for no particular reason at all, I got it into my head, I was in college, that I was going to call my parents and tell them I broke my leg in the middle of nowhere and that I wasn't sure what to do. I, I don't know why. I, in fact, I was I was in college and I was driving to their house. So like they were going to see me soon, but I don't think they knew that. And so I call my mom just going, mom, I, it's real bad. Like I fell off the roof and I broke my leg and I can see the bone and I don't know what to do. I don't know where, I don't know what's happening. Like <laughs> it fell apart almost instantaneously, but for half a second, my mother was horrified. And I thought, why did, why did I do that to someone? <laughs> what, what a terrible idea. Oh man. That's so funny. It does. It, it's funny. The, the prank thing, there was one thing I did one really interesting historical thing I didn't notice in the movie that I wanted to get out there. Yeah. Just cause it, it's so little and it's just a throwaway, but like he nails those bodies to the house. Right. Right. And they go, Oh, it's those two Christian slaves. Cause they worship a God who's nailed to a tree and he's dead. Like, uh, and then it's, it's just a throw a throwaway line. Yeah, and then they yeah. move on. They're like, no, 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 it's not them. They're, they're nothing, which is so interesting because this movie also takes place in this kind of clash, the beginning of this clash of cultures. Oh yeah. Cause if you, if you know now in the 21st century, every single Scandinavian country's flag has a cross on it. It's this, mm. 
it's this clash of two cultures where one they don't know it the strong culture is on the decline and they have no idea mm, yeah and the weak culture is on the rise hmm. and nobody nobody realizes what's happening which yeah. is just such a cool little like here's a thing that's also happening in this world we're not going to spend any time on it we're not going to focus on it but yeah. here's a little thing that would have come up oh nice nice i no, I didn't catch that. So yeah, that's when, yeah, that's when you're a history nerd and it's the and it's about your people. You're just like, <laughs> I I had this dumb look on my face, like this is the greatest movie of all time, just the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I well, watched Midsummer, like it's just it's embarrassing. <laughs> well, uh, so just kind of as a recap, I mean, I think you definitely re- recommend this movie. Uh, oh yeah, is it your favorite of his three? I think it is. Um, you know, you talked about how the movies end and I think there is, I love the way the witch and, um, the Northman end on kind of this, these supernatural elements, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the witch ends with the coven, like floating in the sky. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the Northman ends with like the Valkyrie taking him up to Valhalla. My, my one beef with the lighthouse is I wish it ended 30 seconds earlier. Hmm. Because if I remember correctly, it ends with with Willem Dafoe like laughing maniacally in the yeah. face of the bright lighthouse, and then it cuts to his dead body on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I just wish it ended with him yeah. losing it, and then cut to black. Like yeah. that's, I love Robert Eggers' endings, and I just wish The Watchmen ended just like thirty seconds earlier than it does. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing that I like is I'm not a I am not a violence in movies guy. Right. Um, but there's there's something to showing violence for what it is and kind of the brutality of it that I think I think we're lacking in modern American cinema. Yeah, uh, like I, I I guess I have an issue with sanitized violence, especially like you know we talk about it every time there's a superhero movie. How many people died in this battle and nobody right. yeah. nobody's bleeding yeah. or anything? There's yeah. there's something to going. This is a violent culture and this is what it looks like. And hey guys, violence is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think he really revels in the brutality. No. Uh, uh, maybe a little bit towards the end with that last scene yeah, that I we mean, you know kind of had a issue with, but um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I get what you, I get what you're saying there. Yeah, it's just the things as a society we just easily you know accept, and other things yeah. we condemn as like destroying our society it's it's a right. little it's a little off kilter for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much for uh, joining me and uh, I, I know you have so much going on in your life right now but hopefully we uh, have inspired others to seek out his films um, I think with the Northmen I think if you watch it and you you even enjoy it somewhat I think you'd be open to like uh, his other two films but I think this is oh, a, absolutely. I think this is a good starting point for uh, someone who might not have a lot of experience in independent cinema for sure. Yeah, I think so. Cause yeah. it's got kind of, it's got all the hallmarks of a bigger movie that you're expecting. And so it's, it's kind of a good entry point. Yeah. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. I love talking about this stuff, so I'll do it anytime. <laughs> awesome. All right. Have a good one. You too. I love that discussion. Uh, it's been forever since I've seen Michael. He never fails to crack me up. That was that was a good time. He actually starred in uh, a little video I did. 
he showed off his slick dancing moves. Uh, and so uh, he always brings the energy and the fun. So it was fun to have him on. Even though The Northman wasn't my favorite of Edgar's three films, I, I think there's a lot to admire and appreciate. So I think it's worth renting. But also, if you have Peacock, you can stream it exclusively there. So you should check it out. Uh, let me know what you thought about the film. You can email us at moviesarelivepod at gmail.com. Also, you can find all our episodes and a flurry of movie reviews at our website, moviesarelife.com. Next week, we are taking a road trip to the creepy countryside of South Texas to explore the A24 horror film, X. The less you know about this film before watching it, the better. Trust me. So I encourage you to work up the courage, work up the nerves to watch it because it's a film extremely worth talking about. See you next week and don't forget to tell your friends and family about the podcast.